want to begin this morning with a couple of situations. Situations that are not far off from our lives and our reality and the world that we live in. Situations that touch on the the scripture that we'll be looking at this morning. Suppose that you're talking with a neighbor and the topic of faith and of Jesus comes up and you're talking and what they say to you is, well, we believe the same as you. We believe basically the same. Maybe there's a few differences, but really, you know, it's all about loving your neighbor, love God. We're not really that different. Or suppose you're talking with a friend. And... As you can with friends, you you start to talk about deeper things. And they say to you in that conversation, we just need to, you know, respect everyone's right to express themselves. You know, your sexuality, that's your choice. And other people, well, they can choose to express their sexuality in their own way. How would you respond in these situations? Will you be silent? You sit there and nod your head and agree? Or will you dare to stand by the Word of God? Today's text in Mark's Gospel teaches us about two men who faced a crossroads. They faced a choice, both of them, between right and wrong. Two courses of action. And they took two very different paths. One man is courageous, while the other man is a coward. One man counted the cost of obedience to God and did what he had called, the Lord had called him to do, while the other was unwilling to give up friends and a reputation and his comfort. As we work through the text and see these two men and their choices and the results of their choices. We're confronted with the truth that obedience is costly. That being close, to be close to the truth, is not enough. That a choice must be made between serving God and living for this world. Let me pray. Father, we come before you as Lord of all, as the one whose name is holy. As we open up your word, ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to see 
you for who you are, our sovereign King. And Lord, that we have responsibilities and choices. Father, as we look at the paths that are before us and the choices that we make in our daily lives, I ask that you would enable us to make them in light of the cross. May you grant us wisdom, Lord, as we look to your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, we are in Mark chapter 6 this morning. Our text begins in verse 14. And I want to read uh, first verses 14 through 16. And then uh, after a few comments, we'll continue on in in the, the text. Verses 14 through 16 of Mark chapter 6 provide really the the theological background to the story that we're going to consider this morning. All of Mark's gospel is about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is in light of Christ that we will read the following story. And so Mark chapter 6 verse 14 begins with Herod hearing word of Jesus. Let's read verse 14. King Herod heard of it. The the disciples were going out. They were spreading the gospel from town to town, village to village. And Jesus had been doing ministry and proclaiming the kingdom of God. And King Herod heard of it, verse 14, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he is Elijah. And others said, well, he's a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. We'll pause there. Our text begins as news about Jesus reaches Herod, the ruler of Galilee who had been appointed by the Roman Empire. And we see that some people were calling Jesus Elijah and other people were calling Jesus a prophet. And and Herod agrees with the view that this must be a resurrected John the Baptist. We see there are a variety of of opinions about Jesus. But all of the people, including Herod, have something in common. That they saw Jesus as one of God's servants, the prophets. Perhaps even one raised from the dead like Elijah or John. 
In one sense, they had a high view of Jesus. But it was not the whole truth. And the tragic irony, as we, <clears throat> as we look at the, the whole picture of the Gospels and the story of Christ, is that people will soon reject Jesus, their Lord and their God. They will reject Him just as they rejected His servants, the prophets. And so when Stephen was martyred in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 7, as he stands before the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of the Jewish people, he is able to say to them, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one. the one whom you have now betrayed and murdered. And Stephen was killed for saying this. John stands as the last in a long line of those who foretold the coming of the King, the Savior, of the people of God. And like the prophets, like John, Jesus too will be rejected. He will suffer and die. And so what happens to John becomes a picture. It becomes a foreshadowing of how the Lord Himself will be treated. It opens our eyes to see the cost of following Christ. Let's keep that in mind as we think about the story of John. Mark goes on to tell us what had happened between John and Herod in verses 17. Through 18, we'll just consider the historical background for a moment. In 17 and 18. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to him, uh, to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's Wife. So just a little bit of historical background. Herod here is, is Herod Antipas, one of Herod the Great's four sons. Herod the Great is the one who had uh, sought to kill Jesus and he slaughtered the children in Bethlehem. He was a brutal, wicked man and his sons were not much different. Herod Antipas was a tetrarch or ruler. He was not given the title of king. but He was the ruler of Galilee and Perea, which is the northern part of Israel where Jesus did the majority of his ministry. And Herod Antipas had divorced his wife and married Herodias, the wife of his half-brother, Herod Philip 
They all had Herod in their names, so it's confusing sometimes. But he married the wife of his half-brother, who was also his half-niece from another brother. And so you have this situation where Herod Antipas has committed adultery. He has unlawfully divorced his wife and he's committing incest. And into this corrupt situation, John dared to speak. Now, John certainly could have ignored this one sin. He could have talked about the sins of the people or the sins in sin in general. He could have softened the blow and said, it's wrong, but you know what? You'll be okay. Just go to the temple or whatever. He could have done or said something like that. But he didn't. He said, verse 18, it is not lawful, it is not right for you to have your brother's wife. John stood by what God says is right. And he would not call evil good. And his obedience was costly. You don't speak out against rulers and kings without repercussions. John was arrested. As we continue the story, we see that through the scheming of Herodias, he will be beheaded as well. Why did John obey? Why didn't he skirt around this issue? He was willing to obey because he had faith in God. His faith in God was demonstrated by his faithfulness to the Word of God and to what was right and to his calling as a prophet, as one who is to call the people, all the people, from the ruler to the smallest, the littlest, all of them, to repentance so that they might enter the kingdom of God. He was faithful because he trusted in the Lord. He knew his calling. What about you and I? Are you willing to not be liked? Are you willing for a friend or your husband or your neighbor to get mad at you for telling them what God says is right? Would you be okay with losing your job? Because you wouldn't sign a policy that affirms homosexuality. 
These are real situations that we face today. Will we stand with the Lord and what He says is right? Or will we side with the world? Jesus spoke this parable to the crowds in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. He said, which of you desiring to build a tower or let's say build a barn does not first sit down and count the cost to see whether you have enough to complete it. We do that. We don't set out usually on adventure without thinking through it a little bit. You might face things you didn't expect. Who hasn't begun a building project and encountered something unexpected? But you sit down. And you count out the cost of whether you can do that. Jesus applies this to the life of those who would wish to follow him. He is saying, count the cost of following me. Know that following me means renouncing everything you have. Luke 14, 33. Those are the words that he uses to renounce all that you have. To give yourself to the Lord completely. According to Jesus, obedience costs you everything. Obedience is costly. But it is worth it. Because God is faithful. Because God is good. Courage counts that cost. And trust in the goodness of God. Courage is to obey the Word of God even when you feel afraid. To be willing, as John was willing, to obey God even at risk of your life and your comfort. If you're going to weigh out, is it better to Obey God to lose my life, to lose my job, to lose a friend. Are you going to weigh out that against serving the Lord? To serve God is far better. It is the right thing to do because He is Lord. John understood these things. He knew his purpose. He knew he was a messenger, a herald of that king. One he could trust with his very life. But unlike John, Herod is ruled by a heart of fear and compromise. And so we find in verse 17 that he arrests John 
for the sake of Herodias. It was primarily at her initiative. She didn't like John. But he doesn't want to follow through on her desire to kill John. He only arrests him. But to find out why, let's continue reading verses 19 and 20. We learn a lot about the character of Herod in these verses. Verse 19. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. Herod was a man divided. Divided. On the one hand, he wants to please his wife who hates John. On the other hand, he's afraid of John and the consequences of touching a holy man of God. And so he wants to avoid that at all costs. So he keeps John safe. He likes to listen to John. He's glad to hear him, excited even. But he's also puzzled. He just doesn't get it. Why would this guy do what he did, wind up in jail, and how is he saying the things that he's saying? He's puzzled. And in the end, he's unwilling to do what is right. He was close to the truth. He was interested in the teaching of John. Close isn't enough. That's the second point this morning. Obedience is costly. And close isn't enough. Mere attraction to the truth is not obedience to the truth. You can like something and not buy it in the end. Not be all in. And so, there are many people like Herod who are torn between godliness and sin, who want God and the world, want to please God and please man. But when Herod is faced with a choice, he shows where his heart is at. He shows that his heart is ruled not by God, but by the fear of man. Let's read the remainder of our text, verses 21 to 29. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. All the important people are here. Verse 22. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I'll give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. 
And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry. But because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples, the John's disciples, heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. In the end, Herodias' evil intent was carried out. Herod's birthday became the opportunity for her to get her wish. See, Herod traps himself by his own words. Driven by his pride, he promised more than he bargained for. Herodias and her daughter force Herod's hand, as evil company always does. Doesn't allow you to remain neutral. A choice, this is the third point, must be made. You want to remain in between loving God and loving the world. Fearing God and yet fearing man, there is no neutral ground. You will either be, in the end, a friend of God or an enemy. So what do you think? Will Herod do what is right? Revoke his unlawful oath? Set John free? Or will he choose his friends, his wife, his reputation? Do the comfortable thing. Well, the text of Scripture is pretty clear. He was unwilling, verse 26, to break his word. He did not want to. He was unwilling to the degree that he will kill one of God's prophets rather than lose face. He would rather be friendly with his wife and his buddies than be a friend of God. You see how his choice in the end reveals that heart that's waffling, that's divided. He was controlled by his fears, the fear of man, not of God. He was a close man. He liked the truth, but he wasn't close enough. Obedience was too costly for him. 
to lose the respect of all those important people. He just couldn't do it. So he chose to be an enemy of God by killing the servant of God. Lip service, acceptance, and, and attraction to spiritual truths is not what God requires. The Apostle James writes, chapter 1, verse 22 of his letter, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, if you think that by merely hearing the word and putting up with the preacher, you're good. You're deceiving yourself, James says. And likewise, in chapter 4, verse 4 of James' letter, he writes, Do you not know? Don't you get it? That friendship with the world is enmity with God. It's to hate God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Our choices betray, they reveal our heart's allegiance. So there are two ways to live and only two ways to be a friend of God that is to love Him, to seek Him, to serve Him, to worship Him only. Or to seek to be a friend of the world. Herod chose the world. He heard but he was not willing to do what was right. When the people of God came into the promised land and began to conquer the nations in the land of Canaan, at the end of his life, Joshua called out to Israel, choose this day whom you will serve. And I would ask you today, who will you serve? Are you willing to obey Jesus? To surrender to His rule? To love and to do and to speak what is right even when your comfort, your friend or your reputation's on the line? Just being close to the truth. Listening to preachers, attending church, and going to Bible studies isn't enough. Only wholehearted surrender to Jesus. Trusting not in yourself as though what you do gains you entrance into the kingdom of God but trusting in His work of redemption. 
Only that is enough. And only God in His grace can awaken you and I to the reality of sin. Our need for a Savior. And bring us to repentance and faith. To count that cost. John was taken by his disciples, his body, and it was buried and, and laid in a tomb. The body of his Lord and Master Jesus Christ was also laid in a tomb. He suffered and was rejected and died for the sins of his people. He bore the wrath of God, 1 Peter 3, 18, the just for the, died for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. And Jesus did not remain in that grave. He rose again, victorious. Lord of all. When you trust in Him, in His work, His death, His resurrection, it's worth it all to give it away. To give your life, your everything. The cross of Christ is our only hope. When we know Him, when we know that He counted the cost, He paid the debt that we could not pay, we see the truth of Jesus' words when He said, Whoever loses his life, whoever gives up himself for my sake, will save it. Those words are true because he paid it all. Obedience, it's costly, it will cost you everything. And it's not okay to just be close to it. You have to make a choice to serve the Lord day in and day out. To die to sin and live to righteousness. All this because of Jesus Christ and His work on the cross. Do you believe this? Will you count the cost? Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come to you this morning, we come humble by the reminder of all that you have done. That you did what we could not and indeed would not do. 
you laid your life down for your enemies. And so, Father, as you call us to offer our whole selves to you in worship and in in praise of your grace, Lord, I pray that we would count that cost. That we would see how good it is, how worthwhile it is to follow You and to do what is right. And we will not be content with Words with giving you all of our lives. For you are worth giving all. Amen.